Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Monday edition of the show. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. A lot to get to here on this Monday show. Let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honeybaked Tam in New Albany, segment one in just a moment. Instead of our headlines today, we'll talk with one of the great high school basketball players in the area, senior Noah Lovin of Providence. He's having a great year, as is Providence, and we're headed toward the tournament. We'll know the pairings here in just a few short uh, days, and the tournament will be here before you know it, and Noah Lovin and Providence are going to be a team to follow when the postseason arrives. The Pioneers had a great win over rival New Albany on Friday night, so we'll see what's next for this Providence team and how they can close out the regular season portion of the schedule coming up here very soon. Also later today, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will be with us. With Zach, we'll talk about Indiana's 20-point loss to rival Purdue on Saturday night. It was ugly. It was maybe what some of us have come to expect with this Indiana team. Uh, Not a good performance for the Hoosiers. Purdue's, I thought, even their guards played well against Indiana. That's kind of been one of the question marks about this Boilermaker team and just how good they can be this season into the postseason. But Indiana absolutely handled by Purdue on Friday night. And uh, things are tough for IU basketball right now. Some injuries, some guys not playing well. Going to be interesting to see how this thing finishes up for Mike Woodson uh, and crew here this season in Bloomington. Later in the show, we'll be joined by Chad Gilbert. He's the athletic director at Charlestown High School, also an IHSA executive board member representing our portion of Southern Indiana. Chad is with me Mondays as we talk the very latest in local sports and Southern Indiana is a great place for sports. I think we all know that. I think we all celebrate that, but it's fun each Monday to kind of put the spotlight on some things going on locally. And of course, a lot of basketball this time of year. There's no question about that, Uh, but we'll get into some uh, hoops and more with Chad when he's with us a little bit later in the program today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And you can stop by today for a great lunch. They've got sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even be able to find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. So give Honey Baked Tam in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Our Thornton's text line is a great opportunity for you to sound off on the Hoosiers. I know a lot of frustrating text here over the last couple weeks. Uh, Other topics you'd like to hear us talk about, questions for the guests, 
that we have on this show, that number is 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and send us a text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Providence with an outstanding win Friday night over rival New Albany. Final score, 64-47, and it really looked to be a Ryan Miller coach team that is gearing up for the postseason to see what they can do in the 2A state tournament. We all know Brownstown and Providence in the same sectional. Brownstown has really been the class of 2A basketball across the state this year, so very likely... There is a Providence and Brownstown rematch looming at some point uh, in that 2A sectional over at Southwestern when we get there a few weeks from now. But Noah Lovin of Providence having a great season. He joins us right now. Noah, congratulations on a great senior year so far. Hey, hey Matt, I'm going to tell you, this is Coach Miller. We're having really difficult reception, so we're going to do our best to uh, to do this. It's, it's breaking up, though. Okay, well, I'm, I'm having some issues on my end as well. So we'll go to a commercial break. We'll see if we can get things worked out. But Noah Lovin ahead and our regular guest, uh, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star and Chad Gilbert set to join us as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Monday program. Nothing like some technical problems to start off your Monday show. We'll do our best to work through these. Providence senior Noah Lovin with us here in segment one. Noah, I believe you're still with us. Congratulations on a great senior year so far and a big win Friday night over rival New Albany. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Noah, I want to talk about your season so far. You have been a leader for Providence in the scoring column so many times, but often I think it's things you do away from scoring that really helps this team. Can you talk about your role as a senior and all the different things that you try to do to help Providence be successful? Yes, sir. Like at the bottom of the, at the end of the day, the goal is to win. So I'm really doing anything to, to get that. If, if I need to score, then I score. If I need to pass, then I pass. But is really whatever it takes to win. Noah Lovin of Providence with us. Noah, big win on Friday night. Uh, big environment for that game. Obviously, New Albany arrival. What's it been like these last few years to play in some of these big games that are so meaningful to the local communities and the schools? Yeah, coaches say that these are the fun ones. So we really just go out there and try to enjoy it. We had a really hard week at practice. So we just go out there and have fun. Noah Levin, he's a senior at Providence having a big senior year so far. Now, I know there's lots of regular season basketball left, and I know Coach Miller keeps you guys focused on each and every game one at a time, but the sectional draw, the state tournament draw is coming up, and obviously postseason is not that far away. As we get into the middle part of February, do things change for Noah Lovin as far as how you take practice or how you prepare mentally for games as you know this postseason opportunity is ahead? 
Yeah, coaches are really pushing us hard right now. We're we're needing guys to step up and play stuff, play in different ways that they haven't played all year. But we're really just trying to push them and get better every day. Noel, for somebody maybe that has heard your name or read your name in the paper but hasn't seen you play uh, live and in person, how would you describe your toughness and some of the things that make you the player that you are? I really just do whatever it takes to win. If that's diving on the floor or taking a charge, and we do that here. And we always just try to make the right play. Noah Lovin, Providence Senior, with us here in the opening segment of our program today. Noah, this Providence program has had a lot of success the last few seasons, uh, a tight-knit group, some big wins this season as well. Obviously, I know that some of the goals are obvious for this team. You want to finish the regular season strong. You want to win a sectional and give your chance, uh, an opportunity, yourselves an opportunity to advance into the tournament. But can you talk about this team and, and what some of the conversations are as far as what they would like to accomplish and how they want to go about doing that the rest of the way? Yeah, I think the goal is clear. It's to win state, and we're we're all really close together, so it, that helps with our chemistry and everything. But uh, we really just are c- c- connect, connected and uh, try to win. Noah, you've uh, had a unique opportunity. You started your high school career at Trinity, another great program here in the area, and you've come back to Providence. You were born and raised in southern Indiana in the Catholic community. So you've had a chance to play in big games on both sides of the rivers. You've had a chance to experience high school hoops both ways. Maybe what is the difference of southern Indiana basketball when it comes to the fans and some of the environments? Uh, what, What stands out? What makes southern Indiana basketball extra special? Yeah, I'd say especially here at Providence, we really teach defense and work hard on the defense end. I know at Trinity we didn't really do that as much, but uh, coming over and adjusting to that was definitely a big change for me, but uh, just trying to get better at it every game. Noah, I want to ask you, uh, as the season gets ready to wrap up and head into postseason mode, obviously the the stakes are higher. Uh, The sectional that you guys compete in and have had so much success in recent years, it's a good one. And uh, the draw is important. Each game is obviously meaningful and each game can be tough. But how, how exciting is it to go through a sectional week with your teammates? A Tuesday, Friday, Saturday setup, three games in one week with some practices and lots of preparation for opponents surrounding those games it's it's really like going to battle with your friends your teammates in many ways yeah we really enjoy it we love we love to compete and getting after it all right Noah Lovin my guest here on this Monday show Noah I want to know future for you I know it's a lot of focus on Providence basketball right now but uh, you're a basketball guy through and through and I know you have aspirations and will have opportunities to play at the next level. What What is next for Noah Lovin after graduation from Providence? I know you would love to still play the game. Yeah, right now I'm, I'm not really sure where I'm going yet, but uh, I'm focused on the season, and then I'm going to make my decision after the season. All right, great stuff. Noah Lovin with us today. Noah, again, congratulations. It's been absolutely fantastic to see you suit up in a Providence uniform the last couple of years. And uh, I know some big moments still ahead this month and next month for you and this Providence team, and we look forward to seeing you play. Yes, sir. Thank you.
All right, Noah Lovin with us. Always great to talk with some of the players. Noah had an outstanding performance, not just scoring on Friday, but doing so many different things I felt like to help uh, the Providence team be successful over New Albany. And as we get closer to the postseason, and even as we get into the postseason, it's really fun to have uh, some of the key players here in the area on that we talk about so much. And uh, he's been one of those guys in Clark and Floyd County hoops this year. There's no question about that. So going to be fun to see how Providence finishes up and obviously all attention on that sectional and a potential Providence Brownstown rematch that you got to believe will play out at some point during that week uh, at Southwestern. But uh, again, Providence has the weapons. We'll see how it all comes together. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, that's our first segment. Noah Lovin of Providence with us and uh, still ahead. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star and also Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director and IHSA Executive Board member battling a little technical issues this morning. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll head to a break. We'll come back with Zach. We'll talk IU Purdue and a lot more. You're listening to a Monday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Monday edition of the show. Glad to have you with us. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will join us. We'll talk IU-Purdue from the weekend. And, of course, uh, Saturday it was Purdue absolutely getting past Indiana, 20-point deficit. And then on Sunday the women came back. They had a huge win over Purdue. So uh, I guess you'd say one and one on the weekend. But the, the one of the games that really counted here, Indiana basketball, men's basketball, uh, falls very much short to the rival Boilermakers uh, they did on Saturday night. Zach, uh, I guess there's a lot to still talk about from that game, but it was an opportunity for Indiana, who desperately needs some big wins, even just to compete and build momentum for the rest of the way, coming off a road victory over Ohio State and Indiana. Outside of the first five, six minutes of the ball game, they really were not that competitive at all with the Boilermakers. No, you know, I don't think I don't think the game played out in a, in a particularly surprising way. If I told you Indiana wasn't going to shoot the ball well, I think you would have said, well, then it's, it's hard to imagine them. And close to Purdue, if you look at the teams that have beaten Purdue or even really competed with Purdue this season, they have been teams that have been able to score the ball. Um, you know, Northwestern both games, obviously Nebraska when they beat them back in January, even against some of the games Purdue won, like in Alabama, but Alabama scores 86. You know, Arizona gets 84. Purdue has just become such an efficient team offensively, which is, you know, remarkable, obviously, when you consider uh, where the Boilermakers were a season ago, that they're, you know, substantially more efficient uh, efficient offensively now than they were last year. You just aren't going to go to Mackey Arena, I don't think, against this specific iteration of Purdue and win without shooting the ball well. And obviously Indiana had some other issues as well. Um, you know, they had some turnover problems, not huge problems. 12 turnovers isn't a horrible number. Um, you know, they actually shared the ball pretty well. They're, they're, you know, 15 of their, I think, 23, I want to say, made, made field goals were assisted. Um, you know, Purdue had a pretty pronounced edge on the glass, like you'd expect, especially with 
you know, Kalel Ware in a little bit of foul trouble. Malik Renew certainly in foul trouble. Um, but I think a lot of this just came down to the fact that if Indiana was going to be competitive in this game, it was going to have to punch above its weight shooting the basketball. And outside those first, you know, four or five minutes, it, it really wasn't able to do that. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, with us here on this Monday edition of the program. You know, a lot of people curious how good this Purdue team is and could they make a run to the Final Four? Are they a legitimate national championship contender? Obviously, with Zach Eady and the dominating performance he had once again over Indiana, that's a big piece to the puzzle. But I've always thought maybe Purdue's guards are a bit suspect if they're going to get to that elite level of college basketball and win this thing coming up in March or make a deep run into March. March. But Braden Smith, uh, I thought, really was good for Purdue and helped set the tone for the Boilermakers against Indiana. And as we look at Indiana's sometimes struggling guard play, uh, he was really good. So if Purdue can put all that together, Zach, they might be a legitimate March contender. No, I, I wouldn't say they might be. I think, I mean, I, they are. I just, I don't, I don't think you can. I don't think you can look at this team and. and you know, listen. The Big Ten kind of stinks this year. Let's be honest. It's it's not a particularly deep, you know, deep league this season. If we're talking about teams that can genuinely make noise in March, Purdue, you know, Illinois, I think with the right matchups can go a little deep. Wisconsin's kind of got an arrest this free fall. Suddenly, in the, the Badgers have lost four in a row. Northwestern, I think, is limited. But again, you know, in the right situation or with the right matchups, I think it's possible. But um, you know, it's it's. It's funny, we're talking about, you know, Ken Palm rates the Big Ten, the fourth best conference in the country, which is, is low for the Big Ten. You know, if you look back to, to previous years, they were number two last year. They were number three the year before that. They were number one in the COVID season and the season before, or I guess the season that was truncated by COVID, if that makes sense. But I actually think this Purdue team may be the Big Ten's best chance at winning a national title in, in at least 10 years. Um, there's just, there are so many ways this team can hurt you You've got, you know, I'm just looking at their, their profile right now. You've got, you know, Braden Smith, Lance Jones, Fletcher Lawyer, uh, Miles Colvin, Mason Gillis can all hit threes at a really high rate, can all, you know, be the kind of player that just knock, knocks down four or five in a game. Um, I think Smith has probably overcome some of the some of the concerns about basically, you know, his, obviously his experience last year, but also his size. He's only six foot and, you know, um, I think he has, has learned how to really play through that stuff. I mean, right now he's got one of the best assist rates in the country in addition to being, you know, so efficient from behind the three-point line and even getting the free-throw line a decent amount for a guy who's not necessarily going to be attacking the basket a ton. You've got Zach Eady, who is just, uh, I mean, you know, I think just a, a nightmare of a matchup for anybody. I don't know who, you know, who really controls Zach Eady, frankly. And, and you go back and look. I mean, he had 28 points and 15 rebounds against Marquette and Maui. He had um, 35 points and seven rebounds against Alabama. You know, in the, in the win over Arizona, he has – And I mean, that's an Arizona team that can that can throw some size at you. And he still had 22, nine, plus five assists. Um, it is hard for me – you know, there are always kind of a, a – one, two, maybe three teams in college basketball that you look at and just say, if they are playing at their best, the matchups should not matter. If if they're if they're playing to their potential and their ability, the matchups really should not matter. Um, I think UConn is one of those teams. I think Houston might be one of those teams, and I think Purdue is one of those teams. I think it is it is probably those three. I wouldn't even classify Arizona that way. 
I would not classify, you know, somebody like Kansas that way, that, that they could just cut you or North Carolina, I don't think, is necessarily a, a team that could, um, you know, could, could kind of win regardless of what's in front of them. But I think those top three in the Ken Palm rankings, Houston, Purdue, UConn, those, those three to me could kind of beat just about anybody. I think the only thing that, that might, you know, give a Purdue trouble is, a team that has, and, and there aren't a ton of these, but, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about at least somebody sort of like a Dalton Connect, a, a team with a bigger guard wing type presence, a guy that can really score at a high level, you know, kind of in, in that, may, I mean, maybe a Terrence Shannon. Shannon's shooting numbers uh, haven't been necessarily at kind of his, his historical levels this year. His efficiency's down a little bit in some in some respects, he's actually better around the rim, but he's, his, his three-point shot is, is kind of depressed in Big Ten play. Um, you know, just to, if you if you sort of said, how's Purdue match up to, you know, a, a, I'm thinking about like a Chris Murray from recent years at Iowa. That, that's the one matchup that I think could give Purdue trouble, but there is just so much other stuff that this team can do, this team being Purdue, both offensively and defensively, I just, I mean, I'll be honest, if, if you just put $50 in my hand right now and you said, you, you know, go 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 bet this on the team you think is going to win the national championship today, February 12th, I understand we still got more than a month until the tournament starts, but I would put it on Purdue today. Zach Dosman, the Indianapolis Star, with us here on this Monday show. Zach, uh, a couple questions on the Thornton's text line, uh, or actually, I guess a comment. Uh, Texter says, with all the Indiana boys on the Purdue roster, I would love to root for Purdue, but they are Purdue, and Purdue won't get past the second round. They never do. I I read that text now to, number one, get it on the air, but number two, uh, mention that, you know, Purdue has had a real tough time getting through some of these early rounds in recent seasons. And so uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Again, Purdue's going to enter this pressure or this tournament with great pressure uh, because I agree with you. After that game Saturday and just what I've seen of the Boilermakers in general, I think I put him as a lock for the Final Four if I had to, to to list out four teams. But it will be interesting to see all the all the narratives that go along with that and some of the upsets in recent years. They're going to be trying to battle against some real demons here these last few years in the postseason. No, I mean, there's there's no doubt. And, I mean, I, I think back, obviously, there's only really one team that's been in, in their position, which is Virginia in 2019. And, and that Virginia team in 19 was so good. They finished – First in the Ken Palm rankings, you can go back and look at their profile. They were number two in the country in offensive efficiency, number five in defensive efficiency. They started that season by winning 20 of their first 21 games. Their only loss was by two points away at Duke. You know, they were they were sort of the established, like, clear favorite in every possible respect um, in that season. And yet, there was a real extent to which um, they – I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this. They, they, there was a real extent to which, I mean, they went 28-2 and two in the regular season that year, Virginia, 16-2 and two in the ACC. And yet it always felt like no matter what they did in the regular season, that everything was just sort of prologue until they got to they got to March because of what had happened the year before and this sort of narrative that had built. And, of course, I know Purdue had kind of a three straight exit, double-digit seed, but if you think about, you know, Tony Bennett's kind of, 
you know, run through that, that stretch. I mean, and, you know, from 14 to 18, there's only one year where Virginia doesn't win at least 29 games. They get to one elite eight and one sweet 16, but there's a, there are these sort of persistent questions about can, you know, essentially can, um, can this style win in, in March and then 2018 happens and it feels kind of like a, a bit of a, you know, a bit of sort of like a, a, a wave crashing against the shore moment when they lose to UMBC. And that next season, especially because they were so good, if, they, if they'd come out and been disappointing, we would have probably just moved them to one side. But because they were so good in the regular season, you know, that that season felt so much like um, it was all just waiting for March because we all knew that there was only one sort of way that Virginia could answer this question about itself and where it was going and where it was coming from and all this different stuff. And that was to kind of put what had happened, not just in the previous March, but, but primarily that behind it. And of course they go into the tournament again. I mean, you know, I think people probably forget they, they lost in the quarterfinal of the ACC tournament, or maybe it was the semifinal to Florida state. But then they go into the NCAA tournament. They, they cruise, by and large, through the first weekend. They had a couple of really tight games, including that overtime win against Purdue in the second weekend. Um, and then they go to the Final Four and win a couple of close games to win a national championship. So it, Purdue has a similar feel where it's just sort of like we know they're a great team. They're better than they were a season ago, which is a remarkable thing to say. They're going to, I think, you know, in all likelihood, they're going to win the Big Ten for the second straight year. They're going to be favorites to win the Big Ten tournament up in Indianapolis and yet there is an extent to which I think even they will feel that all of that is preamble to the opportunity to try and put a lot of the the march you know problems and issues behind all right Zach Osterman the Indianapolis star one other thing from the game uh, Saturday I want to bring up from an IU perspective I thought Malik Renew really struggled against Purdue uh fouled out of the game uh, not one of his better efforts. Uh, sure, Purdue had a lot to do with that, their defense, but Malik has been so consistently good uh, that it was a little surprising to see him uh, dip in that game against Purdue Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it, and it, you know, Purdue is one of the few teams that can kind of go size for size with Indiana, and and you know, sometimes, sometimes that, you know, I think sometimes we can you know, sort of undersimplify these sorts of conversations about two big lineups and size in college basketball. And, of course, when someone's such a, a, an outlier as Zach Eady, just as big as he is, as talented as he is, as skilled as he is, that's kind of its own thing in a way. Um, but, you know, I mean, you think back, I mean, you know, Renew, Renew had nine rebounds and Ware had six rebounds, but, you know, between them they had 13 points and 15 rebounds against Purdue in, in Bloomington. Um you know, I don't think Renew was particularly effective in, in either of the Purdue games last year. He played um, 20 minutes. He had a decent game, I guess, in Bloomington. He had eight points and four rebounds in 20 minutes. I believe he was in foul trouble in the win up in uh, up in, in Lafayette. Yeah, he had four fouls and he only played 10 minutes. You know, it, it, we, sometimes it can be as simple as part of what makes Indiana's front court so effective is most teams can't go pound for pound, inch for inch, reach for reach with a Malik Renew, Kalel Ware front court. And, you know, you basically sort of have to pick your poison between 
you know, do we try to sort of crowd wear and, you know, maybe get a little bit more physical with him because he's not necessarily got the upper body strength development yet? Do we try to sort of push him away and, and maybe challenge, maybe see if we can get him to settle for some jumpers? Or do we shade toward Renew and hope that he doesn't kind of get that passing game going, get the, you know, the lob game with Ware and that Ware doesn't wind up in a situation where maybe, you know, you think about, for example, that win against Iowa a couple weeks ago where, you know, Kalel Ware, I mean, just, you know, probably haunted Owen Freeman's dreams um, for the next two or three nights after that because, you know, Iowa, I mean, in that game, Renew obviously gets hurt, so he's not even in, and Ware still has 23 points and 10 rebounds and, and frankly, kind of runs that game from the post. So it's it's kind of a, you know, it's a reminder that Purdue is a tough matchup for Indiana in a way that most teams aren't. You know, um, even teams that maybe have some, you know, at least one good big or one skilled big. I think it's also a reminder that, listen, you know, I, I don't think that the concerns, the questions about, you know, Indiana running two big lineups are necessarily uh, um, unfair in, in, in any sense in terms of, you know, court spacing and Indiana's got to shoot the ball better. They need more consistent guard play, all those kinds of things. But I, I do think it's kind of a reminder that, you know, in this place in time where Indiana is right now, that post offense really is Indiana's anchor at that end of the floor. It's got to have that to have a chance from one or the other or both of wear and renew, you know, just about any night it steps on the floor. And if it can't get those things, then offense is going to be an almighty slog pretty much anywhere else. And I think that's, that's kind of what you, uh, what you see play out on Saturday night. All right, Zach, one final text from the Thornton's text line before we go. This one related to the IU women who, uh, of course, had the, the easy win over Purdue on Sunday. Texter says, does Zach have any information on Sydney Parrish and how long it might be before she returns? The Hoosiers will need her when they face Iowa next week or, or Ohio State uh, in the Big Ten tournament or other ranked teams in the NCAA. Any word on Parrish uh, and her potential for a return? No, not not anything huge. I know that she's had some not very cryptic social media posts that I think have, have led people to believe that she's not that far away. Um, but, you know, obviously she hasn't even popped up as questionable in any of the pregame injury reports yet, and of course she hasn't played. Um, so you would imagine that, that, you know, that that sort of process is kind of still still ongoing in terms of getting getting her back. And I think it's also probably fair to say that, you know, she's been out um, long enough now that, you, you know, you couldn't just kind of throw her back in there and say, hey, you can play 30 minutes right away. Um, just because if, if somebody has that long of a layoff, you're going to need to build their minutes back up so that they don't, you know, they don't push too hard and injure themselves again. It's also been a foot injury, um, which means, you know, even if she's back to some activity in practice, you know, she's probably, when she was limited by the injury, she wasn't going to be able to do the sort of floor conditioning, you know, if you think about a player with a wrist injury can still do a lot of running, can still do a lot of sort of, you know, conditioning that keeps your legs underneath you to be able to play at a high level. When you have a lower body injury, whether it's a foot, an ankle, a knee, whatever, you're limited even in that regard. And so you can do stuff in the weight room to try and keep your cardio up and obviously build some upper body strength, but you're just not going to be able to get the, the court fitness, if you want to say, until you were cleared to go again. So there's going to, I mean, it, it, it is, 
I think probably safe to assume there's there's still a build up process going on there. Um, but you know, it, it again, you know, Parrish's own social media posts I think have have probably at least sort of quelled any speculation that like this is going to be a season ender or anything like that. And if you're Indiana, you know, I, I obviously the goal is to win the Big Ten and you've got the big game um, coming up against. Uh, Iowa and what is that like two weeks time or I guess 10 days time from, from where we are now. But on the other hand, you know, you're, you're comfortably in the tournament. You're only one game back in the big 10 standings. You know, I think it's, it's as things stand right now, I think it's probably likely Indiana winds up with a, uh, um, a top 16 seed that gets them another round of home games in the first weekend of the tournament. And if you're Indiana, I think there's probably an element, not that you're, you know, throwing in the, the regular season at all, but that you can kind of look at last season and say that was, you know, so much of last season felt like it was kind of consumed by winning that first ever regular season Big Ten title. Well, now you've kind of done that, and you've got a team that's, that could be pretty well built from March between its size and its shooting ability and how many different places it can go for its offense. So there's also maybe an element of saying, like, hey, let's be responsible. Let's be careful. Cause you know, what, what Indiana needs most is, you know, a healthy firing Sydney parish going into, uh, the NCAA tournament. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star, Zach, thank you. Great way to start the week with some IU insight. We'll talk with you next Monday. Absolutely. Thanks for having me as always. All right, Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, with us. We'll head to a quick break, and we're back with more local sports, including some basketball with Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director and IHSAA Executive Board Member. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Pat Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Monday edition of the program, Girls Basketball Over the Weekend, one-game regional championships in Lanesville. Uh, had no issues winning their regional game over Bar Reeve. They will go to a potential two-game semi-state this Saturday at New Albany. So the Eagles will stay close to home again and play at New Albany, trying to get through this next weekend and get to a 1A state championship are the defending champions from Lanesville. Speaking of girls basketball, Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director with us now. Chad, you hosted some great regional hoops uh, in the Pirate play on Saturday afternoon and evening. It was a great atmosphere, Matt. The uh, one-game regional is a great setup because we tried to do it geographically this year where you were close to where your site was. Uh, Scottsburg brought a huge crowd. Brownstown had a nice crowd. South Spencer brought a huge crowd. And Greensburg brought a nice crowd. It was uh, a great day of basketball and two very exciting games. That Scottsburg and Brownstown, both representing the Mid-Southern Conference, have advanced, and good luck to them in the semi-state this weekend. 
Chad Gilbert with us. Chad, we're coming down the home stretch in the boys' season as well. Just a few more weeks of regular season basketball left. And coming up this Sunday night, we'll find out the tournament pairings on the boys' side. Matt, you want to talk about an outstanding week. And if you don't think there's a lot of coaches this week that are sweating it out, thinking, who are we going to draw? Who are we going to draw? Who are we going to draw? They, they're going to have their scouts ready. And when they see their draw, they're going to start working on Monday. They don't care about that last game of the season. They're going to be focusing on that sectional point, uh, sectional opponent. And if you think about it, Matt, I can't think of a year anymore in just the one, two, three, and four A sectionals around here in our area that the draw's been more important than it is this year. There's a lot of good teams and a lot of teams that can come out. I think the draw is going to play a big, big part in that. No question. Chad Gilbert with me. Chad is the AD at Charlestown and also on the IHSA executive board. Uh, Chad, I want to talk to you about some college hoops here for just a moment. I know that you keep up with all the local teams and really the sport as a whole. Um, Who would have thought at the middle part of February it would be Indiana getting blasted by Purdue? I think people could maybe see that. Uh, Who would have thought Kentucky would have lost three straight at home to, in Rupp Arena for, I think, the first time ever. But who would have thought it would be Kenny Payne that won another conference game uh, this weekend? I know that he still has a long way to go, and obviously it's been a tough, tough year for Louisville as well. But a lot of struggles for our local teams, but Louisville probably had the best week of uh, all the locals, despite all their troubles. Well, Matt, you know, that's obvious that the three teams are in a bad spot right now. Um it's, it's something, you know, talked about, could all three of those jobs be open this year? Who knows? But it's something that the key to those things is if you can get in the tournament, any of those teams could somehow manage to get into the tournament. They can win a couple of games because I don't feel like there's anyone that's that dominant of a force that stands out. You know, I think Purdue is a head and shoulders above people, but we know that they've had some tournament slippage in the past couple of years. Then I think, you know, that tournament is such a – crazy three weeks that the key is just getting in and you never know what's going to happen chad gilbert joining me here as we talk uh, local college hoops you know chad I, i'm sure that there's been seasons like this before but golly i'm trying to think back to when the three local programs have had the uh, all had the types of struggles that they've had this season kentucky has obviously been the banner winner locally as far as year in and year out having strong seasons, but maybe not the number of national championships that fans would hope or expect. But can you recall a time where the three locals have had the issues they've faced this year? Matt, I can't, but here's the deal with that. Is we're spoiled in our area. We've got really good basketball. You take a, a protractor and put it down the map here in southern Indiana, circle it around a three-hour radius. There's a lot of good basketball teams. We're spoiled here. We expect those teams to win national championships year in, year out. Some years they, they're successful, some years they're not. But it's something that creates excitement. It's something that you get behind your team. And it's something that it really makes the winner go by quick when you have a, a team that you can pull for. I still hold the you know, serve here that local kids, Indiana kids on Indiana teams, Kentucky kids on Kentucky teams, You know, I think that's the biggest struggle I've had in the in most recent years growing up as a kid. I could name you every Kentucky player, every Indiana player, every U of L player. You know, even Purdue guys. I could name those guys. And now with the transfer transfer portal, the uh, NIL, man, you don't know your 
it's like Major League Baseball. You don't know your players without a program, and that thing changes year in, year out, and you get guys that come in, and I get it. There's, those teams had guys that weren't Indiana kids, but they had them for four years, so you knew who those guys were. These guys are just in and out. I don't think that's good for the game. I don't think that's good for the fans, and eventually it's going to catch college basketball. All right, Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, I haven't even mentioned the Super Bowl uh, to, to date here in this show, but uh, I thought really kind of a lackluster game until it got late and it was so close that there was drama, a lot of it in the fourth period, and then, of course, the overtime as well. So it started as a little bit of a sleeper, I felt like, but it ended with great drama and a great finish to a great Super Bowl. Matt, do you think someone should have introduced the 49ers to- coach to Christian McCaffrey so at some point during the game? I mean, you got the, you got one of the best players in football. You got to get the ball in his hands. You know, San Francisco come out and pass it the first six times. I, I'm not a football coach, but I know that you got to give your guys the ball. You know, the guys that you want to win the game for, you got to give the playmakers the ball. And I didn't think they did a good job of that. But anytime you're dealing with Patrick Mahomes and you're dealing with Andy Reid, the game's never over. You know, that's one of those types of Patriots legends that are coming down the pipe here. And it's it's good for Kansas City, a lot of fun. Uh, Super Bowl commercials were awesome. But halftime performance, Matt, where do you rank them? I got Prince, number one. I've got Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, uh, number two. And I've got Usher, maybe 2B, right on the hills. What do you got, your top three? You know, I tell you what, I watch the halftime stuff, but I don't study it or uh, remember it or pay a lot of attention to to others. Well, you don't but, have to, you don't have to study it, Matt. Are you moving in the chair when you're watching it? You sit in the couch. You <laughs> I, get, I guess a I little guess bit, how I would answer moving. it. I mean, that's the that's where you can get it to go. I, I had to sit Miss Amy down. She was breaking it down in the middle of the, in the <laughs> living room. I guess how I would answer that is I think a lot of it is how old you are when you grew up, who you liked when you grew up. Um, I loved it last night. I'm I'm with you, but you know, golly, I heard from others that you know that, that didn't. So I guess everybody has an opinion, and appear, opinions sure seem to vary so much these days. But that's always been my rule of thumb. I think if it's something from your genre that you like and from your age group that you like, you probably enjoy it more. But yeah, I've, I've always liked Usher, good stuff. And Alicia but what Keys about is, what about when Ludacris came out there? You know, I've turned into a big Luda fan since the Fast and the Furious. Matt, you know he he's got it right. I like him, but Alicia Keys and Usher they they were the they were the uh, top of the show for me, Chad. So it, it was a good show, Matt. You know, I, I know we're winding down our time here. One thing I want to say is uh, we've got local teams again playing in the semi state on the girls side. I hope these communities go out and get an opportunity to support these teams. I just hope basketball fans get an opportunity Saturday to go out. It's the old regional format, two games in the morning, championship in the afternoon, to punch their ticket to Indianapolis. It's going to be a lot of fun, Matt, and it's something that I hope these kids understand that it's something that's going to stay with them for their lifetime, and these communities really get behind these kids moving forward. You know, That being said, on the boys' side, Matt, it's the time of year where senior night comes to play. The one thing I'll tell your player, tell the players out there, look at it like every other game. Go out and play your game. The last thing I'll tell the parents, you know, I've got a, a fourth grader and I've got a second grader. As time goes by, enjoy this game. You know, enjoy the state tournament because coming down the road in a year or two, you're going to miss going to those games. It's something that you put in all that effort. You think about when you started playing basketball. You know, there's not everybody's not getting a scholarship. Everybody's not winning a state championship. But are you having fun? Are you supporting each other? And 
does your family feel that love? That's the biggest thing that I hope everybody understands moving forward, and I hope they enjoy these next couple weeks. Yeah, well said. Senior night, senior day, uh, always important, especially here in southern Indiana. Chad, great job hosting sectional and regional. Heard a lot of great comments. Looking forward to Girls Semi-State this weekend. New Albany will be hosting from a local perspective, and there will be some great boys games over the next couple weeks. And, of course, next Sunday night, pairings come down from Indianapolis for the boys' state tournament. So, Chad, thankfully, locally, we have lots to talk about Uh, here over the next few weeks. Have a great week. We'll talk next Monday. That's going to wrap things up for this Monday edition of the show. We'll be back Tuesday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.